0: 97.5 and 92.5 proudly present the Killer Bees.
1: Definitely a fan of the Killer Bees. Don't sweat the technique.
0: Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here comes the fastest three hours in Houston sports radio. Here's Joe Blank and Jeremy Branham. Oh, hell yeah. You about to get all stung up. Ooh, what up, Bates Town? Hey, how
1: we doing? He's Blank. I'm Branham. It's Josh Chevy behind the glass. No Joe George today. Hmm. Can you believe that? Joe George slacking a little bit, taking off the day day before Thanksgiving.
2: Josh Chevy can drive us home before Thanksgiving.
1: Is Thanksgiving Eve a holiday? A holiday? Is it a holiday? Like there's there's a lot of people out today. Very few people are working today. The grocery store is packed today. Joe George, our boss, not working today. I understand we are, because we're, you know, we're warriors. We're gamers, we're soldiers, we're warriors. Is Thanksgiving Eve a holiday, or should it be a holiday? Uh, you know it's it's holiday Eve, right? I think that
2: you use it as your at your discretion. Good employers say take the half day, get ready for the full day, and you know sometimes others just say tough it out.
1: Yeah, we're going to tough it out. We're going to yeah. be here till 6 o'clock. Uh, we'll entertain you. We're it, it is a holiday show, though, because today is a holiday. Uh, cool. So we're going to do a lot of our bits, like why are we making faces on a Wednesday. We are going to do a bad take Boulevard today as well, because there's so many bad takes. we got to get it out of us before Thursday. We don't work tomorrow. And BZ Money. I didn't have a good week of BZ Money no, last week. but we did not. What was the common denominator of... BZ Money having success. Oh, it's, it's pretty
2: much Joe George trying to drive every bet. I, I think Brian would agree with me on that. It was just Joe driving us in a certain direction on every bet and us not maybe caring enough. I think it was me not being here.
1: Well, like I, I, I know what
2: you were going with. I think
1: that's the reason why. I was listening to McAfee a little bit with J.J. Watt. They are putting these rumors to bed. Like, Pat McAfee's trying to drag it out of them. He's not going to be the game day ambassador Sunday, by the way. Oh, really? he's, he's going to Europe to watch his soccer team okay. over the weekend. But he said he's been working out with the with the team. He said after Pat McAfee's show, he was going back over there. It's They're making it sound like he's coaching, like he's coaching the young guys, like okay. kind of being their mentor, I guess, which is good. Like, Will Anderson could use some J.J. Watt pass rushing moves, things like that. But J.J. Watt's not saying no. D'Amico Ryan's today at his press conference – It'd be great to have J.J. Watt back. If J.J. Watt wants to play, we'll give him a spot on the 53. There is a lot of talk about it. Like, there's so much talk, I don't believe it. But they're not saying no. It's weird to me. So, uh,
2: humor me for a bit then, okay? Because let's get into some of the discussions you and I have had, right? I've been adamant about saying he's in shape. He's not in football shape. If it is indeed true that he has been working out over at NRG and hanging out with the team. He's
1: been working out with the team.
2: It makes a lot of sense that he could be getting back into football shape. He could be coaching up the guys on the 53 while also getting his body back to football shape so that at a certain point in time, they can get him on the 53 as D'Amico Indicated. It's not that far fetched if this is starting to, if some of these details are coming it's out. It's
1: weird. Like you had JJ Watt tweet out yesterday the eye emojis. It's like, okay, what is he? what does he mean? Or he tweeted out, it's a beautiful day in Houston. And then the Twitter administrator t- tweeted out the uh, eye emoji. Mm-hmm. So you had that going on. Everybody's like, oh, is JJ coming back? He mentioned last week on McAfee that, like, if he were to come back, not that he's entertaining the idea, but if he were to come back playing with his brother and then there's the other tie with the other team in the NFL. And he was alluding to the Houston Texans. Then you had D'Amico Ryan at his press conference today. Got asked a question about J.J. Watt. And he's like, "J.J. Watt's the man. If he wanted to, to, to uh, you know, put on the pads, we'd, we'd welcome him back." And then J.J. Watt on Pat McAfee. They're they're basically like, "You're about to sign your contract. You're about to have a physical." And J.J.'s kind of giggling and laughing and not saying no. But it's it's bizarre to me. It's really weird to it's- me that they're not like if if he was just like not going to do it. He'd just be like, no, I'm done. I'm, I'm, I'm not playing again. He didn't do any of that. Well,
2: it's one thing to say that you're looking for the clicks by posting things on social media. But it's hard to be coy when, you know, someone's onto something and you're responding like that. It's hard to not think there might be something to it. And when you think about this, it also goes to, again, when I said humor me, kind of regurgitating some of our past conversations no. about this. You know, you had said, look, he's better than the depth that you have behind a lot of the guys on that outside front and D line and, and 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 pass rushers when you start thinking about it and going hey i might not i might not need you or it's not realistic to have you for the Jacksonville game right but down the stretch if you add depth if you're better than Jerry Hughes and you can do some of the things we need you to do and you know everything about this building this organization this head coach
1: and you can also along the way make your young guys better why wouldn't you consider it? You can you can find a spot on the 53 for JJ Watt even if it's a even if he's not like I wouldn't expect him to start. Like Anderson Grenard, they're going to start. Uh, I would expect JJ Watt to have 10-15 snaps a game max. situational. Yeah. Third and 7. And we've seen Will Anderson actually play a little bit of defensive tackle on a four man front in pass rushing situations. So it's kind of already like the avenue and the the, the availability is already there. Mm-hmm. Look Yesterday I was like yeah there's no chance. There's absolutely no chance. All I'm and I, I still don't think it's probable here. I, I don't even think it's 50-50. But I went from yesterday having a 1% chance of this happening to I'm about I'm about 25%. I was say, 25 25 is more I'm percent i say 25% because here's the thing. The other thing you
2: think about is how many teams have a future Hall of Famer in waiting, just hanging out and at your disposal if you need him. He's lifting weights with the team. The only thing <laughs> that I can say that is, is is and I don't think he's that kind of guy. There are certain guys that say, you know, because they've been there their whole life, that if I'm going to do this, then I got to start and I got to do this and I got to do that. I don't think he's that kind of guy. And I think that the avenue of saying, hey, look, he's probably going to make some pretty good change no matter what he's making at CBS. He's probably going to collect a pretty good check and he's going to be back in the game he loves. He's going to be in a city that he knows and an organization that just put him in the ring of honor. That. You just you couldn't make up a better scenario for it. if you're
1: gonna do it. This is a pretty good scenario to do it. Double Rod says that of all the athletes to retire and come back, it's right up his alley. His retirement tour was too short. That narcissist needs a whole season to tell everyone he's retiring. That's a harsh way to put it, but maybe not too inaccurate. Uh, Lamont on Twitter as well. You guys are surprised that JJ Watt is an attention hog. This is prime JJ Watt type of stuff. He loves this. Okay, let's entertain that for a second. He's not going to do this though, and then not have a payoff. Like, there's, I, I believe that there's some type of payoff, and because I believe there's some, and maybe the payoff is he's a, he's like a part-time assistant coach. Mm-hmm. It, it could be as little as that, and, and JJ Watt's soaking it up, and he's enjoying the limelight, all of that. I, I will concede that as a possibility. Maybe he's also building it up that he's going to sign a, a six-game contract with the Texans next Monday. Like, I don't know, man. Like, it's there's there's a lot of smoke here, and the fact that he didn't dismiss it is very strange to me.
2: And I think the other thing is, too, is that, you know what? A lot of guys, they call it a career, and then they're just not ready to call it a career. And we've seen this throughout sports to where this leaves all avenues and all fronts open. We already know that he's proven he can do TV if he wants to continue to do that. And I don't think CBS is going to close the door on him. We know that he loves the game of football. And so whether he wants to coach or he wants to play, this sets him up for both because he's coaching while he's doing whatever he's doing right now to try to figure out if he can still play if he has the option for the rest of this season and, it, and you know what if he plays well what yeah. if things you know go fairly well for him it's a different it's a different coaching staff he didn't like bill o'brien he didn't like a lot of the way it was set up before he's got a coach he respects he's got a you know a different a whole different attitude in the organization and he's got the the chance that he can still while he can still do it a little bit he's got a team on the rise now that legitimately has playoffs in their in their scope again it's the perfect scenario if He wants to do any of the three. He can go back to TV. If he wants to coach, it's there. And maybe D'Amico then turns him into a D-line coach or something like that, and he develops. And then if he wants to play, if he gets himself into football shape, He's got all the resources right
1: there. Yeah, this is. Uh, I think there's some smoke here. It's I, fascinating. I think that there's some my the the possibility of it happening for me went from one percent to twenty five percent in the last twenty four hours. Eight six nine three. I bet Watt and the Texans want to make sure they're going to be a playoff team or at least expecting to make the playoffs. Like a win on Sunday. That's an interesting caveat. Like. Does do the Texans because like, the Texans are already in a pretty good spot right now to make the playoffs. You win Sunday though, that in, that probably increases by, you know, fifty yep, percent your, your chances tenths, of making the playoffs. So uh, maybe maybe that's part of the equation. But he also went to Arizona to play with Kyler Murray. So I don't see Jeremy him ready for Sunday. No, 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 there's no chance he's going to play right, Sunday. Right. And I think it's too late in the week for that. And yeah. he's going to Europe this weekend. Maybe it's like, hey, D'Amico, I'm, I'm, I'll take one of those 53 spots. But, hey, I got a trip to Europe this week, so I'll come in and kind of work out on the not-so-low-key. And then whenever I get back from Europe uh, next week, if you guys beat Jacksonville, yeah, I'm going to sign the, the rest of the season contract there. I'll, I'll yeah. sign it at that point.
2: I, I think it's it's leg- legitimately a possibility. And I think a lot, too, hinges on you know the need of the Texans and where he's at physically. We know he's had issues throughout his career and later in his career physically. If he feels good, if he's, you know, back in the weight room and he's, he feels like, you know, he yeah. can do it again and like you said, he's probably not going to be overloaded with how many plays he actually gets out there for, but if he can give them something and he, he brings some juice to the table
1: and experience and he feels good about it, then there's a chance. He also had 12 and a half sacks last year. Yeah. Like, I can I can carve out a role for a guy who had 12 and a half sacks a year ago. Like, it's one thing to say I can carve out a role for a three-time defensive player of the year, but that was that was a like, decade ago.
2: Like you're doing a solid for a guy that's yeah. way beyond his years and he's walking away.
1: Yeah, or like Shaq Leonard. Like, you know, he's well past his prime. He didn't have good recent success. J.J. J. Watt. At 12.5 sacks last year. I can carve out a role for a guy who had 12.5 sacks last year. 713 uh, 780 ESPN, HRMP listener line 713 We're on the Twitch, twitch.tv slash ESPN 975. He's at Pac Man Joel on Twitter. I'm at Jeremy Branham. The Houston Dynamo are, are getting ready for their biggest match in quite some time on Sunday when they host Sporting KC in the Western Conference semifinals. We talk to the gaffer of the Houston Dynamo when we return. Ben Olsen next on ESPN 97.5, ESPN 92.5.
2: Guys, you know it's a big weekend with sports. You know there's a lot going on. And, of course, Thanksgiving, one of the best holidays of the year for sports and food and football. And now you can get boosted bets on your Turkey Day parlays with mybookie.ag this you this year when you're celebrating and you're stuffing your pockets as well as your stomach full of all that great food you need to go to mybookie.ag and get the first sports book bonus ever that's 110% deposit match on your first deposit. So if you deposit $100, you get a deposit match of 110, 210 in your account instantly means more money in your account, more games you can bet on and more chances to win. You heard it right. You can more than double your money before you even make your first bet with mybookie.ag. All you got to do is go to mybookie.ag and use our promo code bet975, claim that bonus. But act quickly because the offer is only available for Thanksgiving week and you can only get it with our promo code bet 975 you're not going to find it on their website you got to do it by listening to me and following these simple directions mybookie.ag put in that promo code bet 975 put the money in your account and watch it turn into more picture it now watching games tuning into every second and and all those roll with the potential hit to win with the money that you've laid down at mybookie.ag you can stream games and live bet them uh, on every game On game day, it turned it into a payday right there. Check out their website. Act now. Thanksgiving, 110% deposit match. As I always tell you, you bet anything, anytime, anywhere, with the only place I tell you to do it, mybookie.ag. And remember that promo code, BET975. ESPN
0: 97.5 and 92.5. Dude.
1: Ah, you know what old Jack Burton always says at a time like this? Who? Jack Burton. Me.
0: All teams covered. No stalking points necessary. You're back with the Killer Bees on 975 and 925 live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios.
1: Back in the high, back in the Killer Bees being joined now as we go straight out to the HRP guest line. The head coach of the Houston Dynamo, Ben Olsen, who are getting ready for the Western Conference semifinals coming up this Sunday against Sporting KC. Ben, thanks so much for taking a few minutes. Congratulations on the success so far this year. Happy early Thanksgiving, but I know it's on your mind is this matchup coming up on Sunday? A lot of time between advancing uh, as you get by Real Salt Lake in the best of three for whatever reason, and now you go into sh- to the knockout stage. You go from a <laughs> best of three to a best of one. It's bizarre, but it is what it is. Uh, what, what tactics have you used to keep the club fresh in, in this little uh, downtime between these two stages?
3: It's, uh, thanks for having me on, guys. Happy Thanksgiving. Um, yeah, it's, uh, it's, a tricky, it's a tricky balance, right, of, of rest and recovery, Mentally, physically, but also kind of turning the screw and making sure we're 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 ready to roll and and uh, you keeping the right tension with the group uh, so you're ready to you know play the most important se- game of the season and, and be at that at the level you need to um, be at. So it's tricky, but we've all had practice with it. You know, we've we've gone through three bye weeks this year, uh, so all, all three times we've come out of it, and I, I think. Uh, in a good way uh, with the right mentality. So we're really just kind of mimicking what we do uh, on, on bi-week situations, but it is a, it is a tricky balance every time.
2: Ben, I'm curious, the biggest difference between the Salt Lake team that you just played and a team like Sporting KC. Yeah.
3: uh, Similar in, in, in some areas, Uh, Salt Lake was more direct. Uh, They wanted to get to the goal as quick as possible. Uh, Kansas City can do that in transition moments. When, when the ball turns over, they can get there quickly and, and, and go vertical with, with some big balls. Uh, but they also can play, um, and they can break you down uh, you know, more methodically in the midfield and uh, better backs that uh, can kind of build the game. So uh, they have a, a, a few more layers to how they can go about hurting you on the offensive end. Um, they're a little more conservative on the defensive end as well. I felt Salt Lake uh, pressed us up higher. Don't anticipate them, you know, kind of going full court press. Uh, Kansas City does what uh, they, they do. They've done it for a long time. And they've had the same coach. Uh, doesn't make it easy because uh, they do it. Uh, they do what they do very well.
1: Ben Olson is our guest on the HRNP guest line. You mentioned a few of the, the tactics, and uh, Mike Tyson is given credit for this quote. I don't, I've never actually heard him say it, but he's given credit for everybody has a plan until they get punched in the face. And the way I look at knockout soccer, and that's the stage you're in Western Conference semifinals, knockout stage, as will be the Western Conference finals and the MLS Cup. How much does that change things tactically, just in general? Not necessarily this matchup coming up on Sunday, but just across the landscape yeah. of the sport. How does the knockout stage change things?
3: Well, I love that quote um, <laughs> because it's it's, it's uh, you know it translates in, in every sport. It's probably you know uh, best for boxing because you're actually getting smacked in the mm-hmm. face. Um, but we, we use it quite a bit, um, and you know the, there, there's all this prep throughout a week to prepare for Kansas City, and then bang, we score early uh, or they score early or you get a red card or, you know, the tactics weren't right. And then, uh, the, those are all kind of versions of that of like, Oh, now we have to adapt. Um, and fortunately we're at the point in the season where we, we understand certain situations. We've been through a lot of these search, sit, search sit, situations down a goal, up a goal, uh, down a man. Uh, so these are, these are moments that we we've, we've, we've prepped for. And, um, we also have a lot of uh, experience with this group. You know, we brought in a lot of players that have experience in big games, um, and they understand that it doesn't always go to plan, and uh, you need to adapt, and you have to have resiliency to, to end up winning the MLS Cup. This will not be a very. Uh, this will not be an easy game, and resiliency and grit, all that stuff plays into it uh, as we as we move forward.
2: But you talk about a team like Kansas City and you talk about some of the things that you just mentioned and the fact that you're not looking at a three-game series. You're not looking at, well, if we're up a game or down a game and anything can happen. How important is it that you're playing this game at home in Houston where you have played very well?
3: It's big. Um, you know, they, they came in and got a result here. They they, they tied us at home. They, they beat us away. Um, our, our home form is as good as anybody's in the West. and. We love playing here. We love playing in front of our fans. Uh, We're we're comfortable here. So uh, it's why we've kind of pushed that last couple weeks of the season uh, to get the highest seed possible for this moment. Um, We're in the playoffs, uh, and and we preach to just keep on climbing as high as possible. So if we're in some type of situation where uh, we advanced, uh, that we could get not only the, the third game against Salt Lake, which was, ended up being a big deal. But Kansas City took care of a higher seat. So now we're we're at home and, and we gotta take advantage of this.
1: Being joined by Ben Olson on the HRNP guest line as he prepares the Houston Dynamo for a matchup on Sunday against Sporting KC in the Western Conference semifinals. And Ben, some of the quotes I've heard from, whether it's uh, whether it's you or it's Pat, is raising the bar of this organization. You, you win the U.S. Open Cup earlier this season, first time this organization has done that since 2018. You're back into the MLS playoffs, first time this organization has done that since 2017. What is that plight? Been like for you, the the rest of your coaching staff, the front office, to to get this club back to playing prominent MLS soccer.
3: It, it, well, it's been really rewarding, and it's been a lot of fun. Uh, it, this job, you know, at least in my experience, hasn't always been fun. There's been years where it's a, it's a real slog, and even the teams some gate years that you're doing well and you make the playoffs, it's still a real slog. Uh, this year is flown by, and it has been so fun to, to have this kind of blank canvas and, and uh, a new new energy, new group, and, and build this thing together in a collaborative way with Pat and, and Asher and Ted, uh, our ownership group, and, um, and the players, and keeping them involved in this thing of, you know, so what type of culture do we want to have, uh, you know, committing to winning back, you know, or winning at home again and winning in – the right way in an entertaining way where fans are coming home, not only happy that we won, but really entertained in what these guys are doing on the field. So I, I I've, you know, and i it, it's just been an enjoyable process. I think it's been my, um, it has been the most enjoyable year I've had as a coach. Uh, it, the, the whole thing is fresh. My energy uh, stepped away from the game for two years. So, uh, I'm just jazzed to be back, you know, high energy, and, and looking forward to it. Now, i also say this, though, that you know, this stuff happens, and you guys know enough about sports. So you see these teams come out of nowhere, and yeah. things click. Right? It, it, they get a few guys right, the relationships are there, you're healthy, and things spiral in the right direction. You know, our, our trick now is, yeah, it's a good year. We're a little ahead of schedule, but can we sustain this for the next couple years and, and put this team in this situation year after year, that's the real challenge uh, of digging out of a, you know, kind of a, a, a tough decade. Um, and uh, so that's, you know, we'll, we'll take it, you know, the, the trick is to take advantage of this group we have now and uh, the lightning, the lightning bolt that we're kind of, uh, riding on, uh, but also with an eye on sustaining this for the next few years.
1: Ben, you're, you're too kind to say that we know enough about sports. Uh, our listeners say <laughs> the, the opposite of that. So we, you, can, you can join is us that any that Mike time.
3: Tyson quote.
1: <laughs> One of the things I wanted to ask you about, too, and this is this is big picture. We'll get back to the, the matchup in just a second. What was it about this post that made you interested? Because you even mentioned some of it there. You stepped away for a couple of years. Uh, being a head coach is not fun at times, which I, I, I can totally understand. I know the pressure, the the criticism, all of that, and usually comes from guys like us. But what was it about the Houston Dynamo job that made you interested in returning?
3: Oh, one you know, the the first part was that Pat Onstead, who has uh, worked with me in D.C. And, and I've known for a long time, a, a guy who I trust, uh, is uh, was selling was selling the project, and uh, I, then uh, so, so it was the, the opportunity to work with someone. That uh, I, I trusted and and liked and, and believed in. Um, then it went further into talking to ownership and, and seeing what they were all about and, and them feeling me out and uh, realizing that it was it was a good fit in a kind of relationship standpoint of, of who, who I was going to be working for and working with on a daily basis. And then the project itself, this team that was you know kind of. Uh, <laughs> He's been struggling a little right to, to uh yeah. sugarcoat I mean it was a decade of you know making the playoffs one time that's that's not easy and that's a that's a really big hole uh to dig out of and for some reason that resonated with me to be a small part of trying to um or, you know put put a spark into a franchise that I admired um i you know keep in mind I played against the great Houston teams. I got my asses kicked. Uh, I got my ass kicked by these old Houston teams. You know, you'd leave here, you were exhausted from the heat, and, and you were bruised and battered because they'd beat you up. Right? Uh, so, you know, there, there, there was admiration for uh, the, the, the players that played here, the franchise, and, and what it means. In some ways, it resonated with the early days of D.C. United that were really successful. And then we went on a, a little bit of a dry spell, too. So I, I thought I was the right guy for the job. Uh, I I love building culture. I love starting new teams and and building relationships with players. And, uh, again, um, I'm I'm still in a honeymoon, right? Uh, This is, again, one of those years where I think things go our way. Uh, So the real test will be as we move forward. The real test of, of, am I the right guy for this job? Uh, I, I would you know, evaluate me over a couple of years and see what, see what
2: I'm with. Ben, I think we can answer for you, though. So far, so good. You do seem like the right guy for the job. You look at the coaches in this city, and you look at, you know, Udoka with the Rockets. You look at D'Amico, and everybody preaches that trust that you're talking about, and then it gets contagious with your players, and you're reaping the benefits of that. Uh, I know you don't want to give away too much before we let you go, but, you know, some of your uh, keys, keys to victory. Is possession uh, hyper-important
3: in a game like this? Well, the state's obvious if we have the ball, they don't, um, <laughs> and uh, that's a good thing because they're they're tough to deal with, and they've got a really good attack, um, overloading the the width and the big switches. Um, but they, again, they also have uh, a solid midfield um, and experienced backs, and so they've been the best team since May. Um, yeah, I don't want to get into too much of it, but um, they, they they're pretty complete. But we're going to have to be. I'll, I'll say this: we're going to. We're gonna to have to be at our best. Everybody's gotta show up. There's no, we can't afford two, three guys not having great days against this team. And uh, we have to be be good in possession. We gotta, you know, our, our, we have to win the midfield. Uh, it, it's no secret that that's been kind of one of our strongest uh, parts of our group this year with Hector and Artur and Coco Kerski and I mean Bossi. You know, they we rely on them in, in, in a big way. Uh, so. Uh, and and teams know that and they try to stop it, but we have, we have ways to uh, go around that and still make sure that that if they want to deal with that, we've got some other areas to hurt them. And so then it becomes uh, some of the, the, the the players on the outside that can, can help us. And um, just, just a lot of effort um, and uh, everybody showing up and, and being at our best because it's a, it's a hot team in Kansas city, but we're at home looking forward to it. Uh, I hope the crowd's great. You know, we're already at 15,000, from what I hear, and, and we're looking to try to get our first sell out of the year to, to to urge the players on to be at their best.
1: Yeah, that'd be great. Get out there, uh, watch the Houston Dynamo on Sunday. Ben, we know you're busy. Thanks uh, thanks so much for taking a few minutes just to spend with us this afternoon. Good and luck. Give, give them hell Sunday. And – Anytime. Uh, we will. Anytime, guys. Thank you. It's Ben Olsen, head coach of the Houston Dynamo, and doing some things uh, that they haven't done in quite some time. U.S. Open Cup, first time since 18 to win that bad boy. First time they've been in the playoffs since 2017. Get out there, watch the Houston Dynamo this Sunday against Sporting Kansas City. If you can't make it, shame on you. But we will have it here on ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5. Big one for the Texans on Sunday, too. They take on the Jags for the division, the division lead. The Texans offensive line might start looking a little bit differently. Juice Scruggs, we've been waiting for his return. He's practicing again. What does the Houston Texans offensive line look like down the stretch here? What do you want it to look like? 713-780-3776. It's the Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5, ESPN 92.5.
2: Hey, before we go to the break, tell you about the good people at Allstate Siding and Windows. They are the best in the business. They are family-owned and operated for over four decades. And Mary and her brother and everybody that's involved – They know what they're doing, and they love the people of Houston. They love Houston sports. They love ESPN 97.5, and they love taking care of you because of all those things because they know what they're doing. Whether it's siding or windows, they've got deals for you. They take care of you. They have specials like 12 months, no interest. They have nine months, same as cash. They have $150 off on windows, minimum of 10 windows. And the biggest thing you need to realize is your house is your biggest investment. And you're always going to need to take care of that so that you can reap the benefit of getting return on that investment. The best way to do that, make sure it's protected. Make sure it's got products that are going to last. You start with really good windows and really good siding because the siding protects the shell, the outside, and there's no more painting, staining, and repairing your home. You have that protection on the outside. Then with the windows as well, it's it's a double play that works in your favor because those windows are durable. They're gonna their vinyl windows are going to be uh, allowing you to save up to forty percent on your energy bills. But overall, they're going to do the same thing that the siding's going to do: protects you against the hurricane season and the cold and all the heat and everything that comes with it. Check them out today and see if they can't help you with siding, windows, or both. 832-204-1936, 832-204-1936, or go to their website, allstatesidingandwindows.com.
0: ESPN, 97.5 and 92.5, pitter-patter. It's a hard life
2: picking stones and pulling teats, but sure as God's got sandals, it beats fighting dudes with treasure
0: trails. Welcome back, Houston. It's the Killer Bees, Joel Blank and Jeremy Branham, live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios on ESPN 97.5 and 92.5.
1: He's Blank. I'm Branham. Josh Chevy filling in for the slacker, Lazy Bones, Joe George. Uh, The Houston Texans uh, made some real news today. Everybody's kind of on J.J. Watt watch. Will he come back? Who knows? Uh, But some real stuff that we do know. Uh, Juice Scruggs has returned to practice. It has been designated for return. You get a 21 day activation window. you hit hitting those 21 days. You got to either activate them or not activate them. So within the next three weeks, it seems like the Houston Texans will activate Juice Scruggs off of the IR, which would be the seventh IR return for the Texans, which leaves them with one more. And Kymie Fairbairn's on IR, so it looks like Fairbairn's going to take up the final one. Uh, But Juice Scruggs is back. I I would say that this week's far too early for Juice Scruggs. But what's the plan for Juice Scruggs, let's say after this week against Jacksonville, for the final few games, and what's the plan for the offensive line, if you're the one making the decisions over there on Kirby? See...
2: He kind of went on to this whole Laramie Tunsil plan of his return from injury, which bothers me. And the fact that we kept on anticipating he was going to be back, he was going to be back. And now they're at a point in the season where I kind of wrote him off, even if he came back, as just like a backup. Because at this point in the season, with the continuity that they started building on this offensive line and the way that even Dieter has played at center that I don't want to mess up too much right now, and I want to keep the continuity going, because especially with what you saw last week, with what you saw against Cincinnati, with the way that CJ's been able to operate, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. I don't want to screw around too much at this point, because we're still talking about a rookie, and a rookie that was that has been barely on the field, and I don't want to all of a sudden say, well, we got to insert him back into this offensive line, and then regardless of what he can and can't do on this level and the consistency, whether he can bring it or not, the continuity gets all screwed up, too, because now you're going to start playing musical chairs against on that line, and I don't, I don't think they should, there should be doing any of that.
1: Plus, With that continuity is why I don't want Juice Scruggs to play center this entire season, uh, because I think that's the hardest position for a rookie, especially to just, like, join a team this point of the year. A Dieter's been playing pretty good. Mm-hmm. I, I think that there are three options, and one of these options actually does have Juice as the center, which kind of gives you, gives you an idea and spoils what I think about it. I think there are three options with the Texans' offensive line, starting in Week 13. This is Week 12. Juice is not going to start as one of your offensive linemen this week. Going forward, maybe. Maybe that equation does present itself. Option A is your your way of doing it, where Tunsell's your left tackle, Howard's your left guard, Dieter's your your center, Shaq Mason's your right guard, Fancher your right tackle, and then Juice is an understudy uh, that's ready to play if somebody goes down. Option B does include you, Scruggs. Tunsell at left tackle, Scruggs at left guard, Dieter at center, Shaq Mason at right guard, Titus Howard at right tackle. And then the final option is what I think, I don't know if many people want this actually. Tunsil at left tackle, Titus Howard at left guard, Scruggs at center, Shaq Mason at right guard, and Fant at right tackle. I'm with you. I, I'm with you to the sense of I'm keeping the I, I didn't think the offensive line play that well against Arizona, but it didn't crush you. It didn't kill you. It almost well, it killed C.J. Stroud for one play. One play uh, killed him for one play. We saw the return of Davis Mills. I don't make a change until I'm forced to make a change. If it gets too bad to the point where I can't sustain drives, Stroud has no time to throw. The running, whatever, like the running hasn't been good really all year except for these last two games. If all of a sudden the offensive line is showing weaknesses of protecting C.J. Stroud, that's when I'm making a move. I'm not making a move just because, you know, to make a move, to force Juice Scruggs into uh, into the starting offensive line. I'm keeping it the status quo, which does have holes. Like, Dieter's not a great center. Titus Howard is not a left guard. Fant's playing pretty good at right tackle. Like, this offensive line has issues. And Scruggs isn't going to fix those issues, but it, it does present the option of hey, this is our way to get Titus Howard back to right tackle because now Scruggs can play left guard, but you still have Dieter at center. And has Fant earned the, earned a job? Like, has Fant her, earned the uh, the reward of playing a bunch of snaps? I tend to agree with you that I'm keeping the status quo. I'm keeping what it's not broken. I ain't trying to fix it yet. But if it gets to a point where it's bad, then that's when I'm looking to move Drew Scruggs. Probably into left guard, not center, though.
2: Right. No, and I hear you. I'm totally with you as well because the one thing that you hit on is extremely important, and that is at any time when you bring a rookie into playing the center position, it's difficult because you think about the continuity between yourself and the quarterback and the exchange and the shotguns and also the fact that the center is also a secondary way of reading the defense and picking up the mic linebacker and doing so many different things in terms of coverage that you also don't want him teamed up with a rookie quarterback who seems real comfortable with what they've been doing right now. And and I think that that's one of the biggest keys. So I'm totally with you. If things start to really break down and and there's real issues or injuries reoccur, that's something that you can revisit at that time. But for right now, the way they're playing, yes, he took a big hit last week, but for the most part, to think about what they've done in the last, not just the whole season, because they know the rough start and the 11 sacks in the first two weeks, but recently over the last month, the way they've come together, the fact that that's one of the biggest and only big hits he's taken, and the fact that they've keeping they've kept him upright, they they've been able to run the football the last two weeks. That's why I'm not screwing with anything right now, because this is the biggest game of the year.
1: Yeah, definitely not right now. I'm talking post-Jacksonville. And look, I didn't think the offensive line played good at all against Arizona. I think it's the worst offensive line production we've seen from the Texans since week two. I thought it was poor. But it wasn't, they were getting manhandled. They weren't getting abused. It was more coverage stuff. It was more shifts. It was more knowing which guy you're picking up with a four-man, five-man rush. It was more like the mental stuff than it was the physical stuff. And I'm not making changes for mental stuff until it's something that happens week in, week out. This is the first time I've seen it in a while, so I kind of just tip my cap to Jonathan Gannon. Plus, we don't know who Drew Scruggs is. Like He had a good preseason. Cool. It's the preseason. Uh, We have no idea if he's an upgrade today, right now. We're not talking about right now. We're talking about next week. We have no idea if this time next week, if he's a better option than Michael Dieter. We have no idea if he's a better option than Titus Howard at left guard, so... We have no clue. Like this is an educated, not even an educated. This is a guess as to what Juice Grugs can even give you. I think forward.
2: about what you were saying too, because where the letdowns were last week and the breakdowns were communication mm-hmm. breakdowns in communication is with continuity. It was with playing with the guys that that are on either side Especially of you. Center. So now you're talking about a rookie that's got kind of to not only come in and really find his way immediately. But now you're expecting him to have continuity and communication with the guys that are veterans on either side of him, uh, no matter where you play him, and go, yeah, I've got to be really good and I've got to be able to communicate and figure out how to pick up free rushers and when you see this, do that. And I think that when I always say that that's why I hate the musical chairs approach, it's because you don't have that continuity and the communication that the guys you've normally been talking to, if you move down the line or do what Howard's done, and then you're adding someone else and he's a rookie...
1: I think that's just asking for trouble. 1984, what about Juice at left guard and Howard back to tackle? I really don't think there's much of a chance for Juice to play center unless Dieter gets hurt. I think Dieter yep. is your center the rest of the way unless he gets injured. I don't think they want to play a rookie that's missed 10 games uh, at center where you need to know coverages. you got to be on the same page with C.J. Stroud. I think it's Dieter's job. Juice is a lot more likely to start at left guard than he is at center, in my opinion. And a lot of people would like that because Juice is the guy you drafted in the second round. You expect him to be somebody who's good right away, which might be unfair to the kid, especially coming off an injury and not not playing uh, the first two-thirds of the year, but a lot of people would love the idea of Titus Howard no longer playing left guard and moving back to his natural tackle position where he's far better. The problem, and maybe it's not even a problem, maybe problem's too big of a word for this, maybe too dramatic of a word for this. The question is, though, has Fant earned the right See, to start on this offensive line? This is where I'm at with all of it. Fant is better than
2: serviceable to do what he needs to do for the rest of the season. And because it hasn't let you down, and because you are in the middle of a playoff push with a chance to win the division, that you're not going to take the chances. Big picture, you're right. Juice Scruggs is going to play a role on this offensive line, and it's going to be established. And going forward into training camp and next season, he's going to be a starter on your offensive line, I would assume. But other than that, I'm not screwing with trying just because of where he drafted. I throw that out the window. I don't care where he was drafted anymore. I care about what this team's focused on doing the rest of the season. This week is one thing, and we know it's the big game. But the rest of the season, every game's going to matter. It's going to be a heightened level of importance, which means everybody's got to do their job. With them doing their jobs, do it where you've been doing it for the last several weeks in consistency. I don't want to screw with anything right now, and I don't think that I trust a rookie coming in to do a job in the middle of a, a playoff push for this team.
1: Yeah, um... Dylan Horton, defensive end for the Houston Texans, just uh, issued a statement currently dealing with a personal health matter that will keep me away from the team for an indefinite period of time. I uh, want to thank my family, my teammates, the entire Texans organization for the support and care they've already provided me. I'll provide a- uh, updates from time to time. My main focus right now is on my health and recovery. Thank you and God bless. Wish him well. I have no idea what that's about. I Wish either. Dylan Horton, Absolutely. rookie out of TCU, the-, the absolute best. That's first and foremost. That's the, what's at the you know, top of mind. He doesn't. Op- does he, play? he plays defensive end. Mm. He plays defensive end, and it opens up a mm. spot on the 53 man roster. Mm. Yeah. Uh, Scratch your temple. Now, first things first, you know, you you wish the best for Dylan Horton. But it does open up a spot on the 53, and suddenly you need uh, defensive end replacement. Uh, 713-780-ESPN. Dylan Horton, one of the rookies. We were talking about Juice Scruggs, one of the rookies. What's the progress report right now on all these Texans rookies? 713-780-ESPN. Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5, ESPN 92.5. We hope you don't get in an accident ever, especially during the holidays. But if you do, you already know the solution you have to call hollingsworth law firm program that whenever you get into these wrecks it hopefully doesn't happen but it's gonna how much do you have to pay whenever you're you would call hollingsworth law firm nothing no retainers no billable hours they're not going to send you a bill you don't pay a dime until you win your case guys this is like
2: having insurance like you would on your house and your automobile and so many things but you're having it for a car accident and that is exactly what jeremy said to do You put that number in your phone now. You never know when you're going to need it, but you're never planning to have a car accident. So when you do, it catches you off guard, and then you start asking questions. Who do I call? What do I do? If you have that number already saved in your phone, then you know exactly who to call because they're the experts in car wrecks, and they are the ones that are going to help get you through. They're going to walk you through who to call, what to do. File the police report. What do you need to get now? What do you need to get over time? How do they win that case for you? And then let them do their job. They're going to fight the insurance company. They're going to fight the other driver. They're going to fight for you until you get what you rightfully deserve.
1: Also fight those insurance companies that you want nothing to do with. They're annoying. They're super annoying. Let Hollingsworth Law Firm deal with those super annoying insurance companies. Program the number in your phone in case you ever get in this predicament. 713-999-8773. Hollingsworth Law Firm. You can call now for a free consultation or whenever for a free consultation. 713-999-8773. Visit them online as well.
0: CarWreckTexas.com. That's CarWreckTexas.com. ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. Dude.
1: Like I told my last wife, I says, honey, I never drive faster than I can see. Besides that, it's on the
0: reflexes. in the high with the killer bees Joel Blank and Jeremy Branham on ESPN 97.5 and
1: 92.5 Bees Blank I'm Branham we want you to take off the uh, day off work And play a fun round of golf with your favorite sports stations, the ESPN 97.5 and 92.5, occasional invitational benefiting kids' mills. This year's tournament will take place Wednesday, December 13th at 10.30 a.m. at Wildcat Golf Club. Each golfer will receive beverages from St. Arnold Brewing Company. Yum. Lunch from Papa Charlie's Barbecue. Yum. Mm -hmm. Dinner from Valencia's Tex-Mex Garage, Mm -hmm. the best Tex-Mex in the city. 18 holes of golf, a quick award ceremony immediately after After the tournament, register now through Sunday at ESPN97.5.com for a special early bird price, $97.50. This runs only until Thursday. It saves you about $30. Uh, It's great. Uh, You got to do it. Use promo code EARLYBIRD, promo code EARLYBIRD, when you register at ESPN97.5.com. Take advantage of that. Save you a few bucks. Come play some fantastic golf. Drink some good drinks. Enjoy some good food. And uh, hang out with your favorite ESPN 97.5 personality. So so blankers will go the other way whenever you whenever you walk up. Uh, Jermaine, every, <laughs> Jermaine Every, Jermaine uh, Every writes for us. sports mm-hmm. the ESPN 97.5, does great work. Uh, he had a progress report for every. Oh, he used my. Uh, he used one of my. Uh, <laughs> he used one of my uh, tweets. I didn't realize that. Um, mm. Progress report for all of these rookies so far. That you that you've had. Let's go reverse order here because we'll save the best for last. A uh, seventh rounder, Brandon Hill. Who who exactly. who's, who's Brandon Hill? Uh, incomplete, I guess. He's been on IR for most of the season, if memory serves. Like he hasn't been a blip on the radar since he was drafted in the seventh round.
2: No, yeah, I'll I'll. Hold, pass and hold back my judgment till a time where I'm more familiar with the game.
1: They elevated him on Sunday. I didn't realize that he was actually on the game day roster, but he didn't didn't play much. Maybe special teams, but he's done very very little. He hasn't done a whole lot. It's yeah. been most of the season on IR. Incomplete seventh rounder. Really not going to care much about a seventh rounder unless he plays well. A uh, sixth rounder, Xavier Hutchinson, who has been active quite a bit. Yeah, I mean a productive player. I, I think that was. I I don't think there's
2: anything to say that from drafted in the sixth round to a guy that can actually help your team. Uh, I don't think there's anything. Are, are we grading him?
1: Um, Yeah, I guess. We can go letter grade. Progress reports, kind of studious, kind of scholarly. Okay.
2: Go C++?
1: Plus. Yeah, I think for where he's drafted, I'm willing to give him like a B B minus. Okay.
2: Yeah. C plus B minus is where I was in that range. That's B, fine.
1: B, I, and I'm also grading on a curve. Maybe I shouldn't do that. I usually hate doing that. Grading on a curve. I think it's silly. Um, but because he's a six rounder, he's given you a little bit. I think I'm he's willing got to give him a potential. B minus. I do too. I, I
2: think that long term, he's got a you know he's got a big body, and and I think that you know if
1: they develop continue to develop him, I think he has a future here. Yeah, that's um. I do, too. Like, I feel pretty good about the Texans wide receiver room going forward. Like, I like Nico Collins. I love Tank Delgo Cooks, yep. as you all know. Uh, Mechie's, like, shown flashes. I think he's going to continue to progress. I think he's getting back in. He got his health yeah. right first and foremost. I think he's getting
2: back into the football shape that had him at Alabama playing at a certain level.
1: And then Hutchinson. Like, like whatever you do with Robert Woods, whatever you do with Noah Brown, like, that's a that's a pretty salty rune. I think you, it comes down to what you and I discussed.
2: I think it's the, the debate of do you need
1: – or do you want a
2: wide receiver one, per se, and then what comes with it, either spending the draft capital or spending the money? Or do you realize that the more complete option is all the different options you have
1: in that room and just adding to that? I I like a veteran in the room, but maybe the veteran in the room is your sixth receiver. It doesn't play a whole lot. Maybe he's just the guy that like helps out the youngsters, and then maybe you draft a, an egg bully uh, in the first yeah. round. Out or, of or you State. get a
2: veteran that you know maybe used to be a one- or to, but can play two-free or play a variety of different receiver roles, still has a little left in the tank, but doesn't cost you a whole lot, and he adds to what you have because you have different guys that can go deep and do the
1: things you need a wide mm-hmm. receiver one to do. I was looking at some of the free agent re- uh, receivers today. Like I want a burner. Like I think I want somebody who like, can, can take the top off the defense, and Tank can, tank do, that, can do that, but he's but... not like a four four guy. He's quicker than he is fast. You don't want like a Hollywood Brown. <laughs> he's actually the name that caught my attention. Really? Was yeah, uh, Like I don't think he's going to leave Arizona because he's best friends with Kyler Murray, Is he? and they've already Is talked it? extension. But that type of player who just take like I want a guy who can catch though. Like I don't want an. I NBA was going to say after catch. the
2: Marquez Valdez Scantling on Monday night when I had preached over and over how dude has unbelievable speed and can separate and can't catch, mm-hmm. and, and I think that a lot of your burners are going to you are going to run into something like that. You know obviously CJ's going to put the ball where it needs to go but some guys got to reel it in and and I would be a little bit concerned about a guy like Hollywood Brown as
1: well Jarrett Patterson okay see I'm giving him an a I'm giving Jared Patterson an A for a six rounder to come in and take over the starting center position and and play pretty
2: well. But didn't play. That's an A for me. He, I mean, look, he did better than Drew Scruggs, right? Well, yeah, he wasn't. Yeah, he didn't play. I mean, like, but but we're both playing the same position. I know Scruggs can play multiple positions. Mm-hmm. I would like to see more of him. I'd like to see him been able to. You know, obviously, you can't predict injury, right? But I think you know, A, I wouldn't go. I wasn't going to go. A, I'd go incomplete more than anything else that's because. Fair. I liked what he was doing until he couldn't do it anymore. And again, a guy that I think has a future, but it's a shame he got hurt when he did.
1: Yeah, the the, the part that he got hurt, you have to, I mean, that has to be part of the grade, too. But I I liked what I've seen, especially for a sixth. Henry To'o To'o, who was a fifth rounder. I man.
2: like him a lot. I think that if you're expecting him to have this massive ceiling and be this destructive force on defense, then you're expecting too much. But when you look at his football IQ, you look at his athleticism, I think he can get bigger and stronger, and I think he can continue to develop as a football player. But he's got instincts, and I like his athleticism. I give him a solid B.
1: Okay, I'm at a C-plus for Toa Toa. I'm not as bullish about his future as you are. I I think he's kind of playing near his ceiling. Like I don't see a whole lot of upside for Henry Toa Toa than what he already has now. Like. He's kind of limited athletically. He's kind of limited, like, physically. The reason that he slid to the fifth round because he's a sharp dude that knows how yeah. to play ball. That stuff doesn't really, like... I I think he can fill out and get
2: a little stronger. And I think that because he has the, you know, he knows the game. Mm -hmm. I think maybe he, he, maybe you adjust where he plays on the field a little bit. But I think that because of his intelligence and maybe you know he's more based on in in the middle and and you bulk him up even a little more. But I think he can play fourth rounder Dylan Horton, who who's
1: going to be away from the team for a while. And wish him best.
2: I mean, look, you're playing behind some guys that have gotten a, a, a lot of the snaps, so. You know, and obviously thoughts and prayers for what he's going through right now. Uh, but you know, I haven't seen a nearly enough of him to say that he's anything more than a, a C.
1: Yeah, that he, Sanders is playing more than he is the guy that they picked up from Arizona. Um, I'm going to give, I'm going to go incomplete because of the news today. I, but I, I would,
2: I thought that was going to sway. Him. I probably I'll just go see what see with, what, I, see with yeah. what I've seen.
1: I was at a C, C minus before that that news today. So we're we're on the same page with him. A uh, third rounder, Tank Dell.
2: Oh, it's just a no-brainer. Yeah. It's an A+. I mean, the fact that you were concerned about his size, not you personally, but people concerned about his size coming in and how they were going to use him, and then you know they kind of didn't put the pedal down on him early. Uh, what you've seen the entire season, the entire body of work, the touchdowns, the catches, the versatility, the elusiveness, and the fact that he makes great business decisions. He's not getting crushed. Uh, I mean, it's an A+, and if you could go higher than that, I would. Uh, A-plus for me, no doubt about it. Juice Scruggs, second-rounder. I'd like to give him an incomplete, and I'd also like to give him... I mean, I don't know what how medically this medical is, but I can't give him a kick in the rear end, but I, I'll give him an incomplete with a disappointment emoji along with yeah. it because I expected a lot more from him.
1: What does the disappointment emoji look like?
2: I don't... Uh, maybe like a eyebrows, the rolled eyes with the eyebrows up. Like, come on, dude.
1: You don't have an iPhone, dude. You? you can search... Uh... You can actually search. You can search. put you can, it in. You can put in the word to, like, figure out the emoji. Maybe we'll do that during the break. Incomplete for me. He has, he's played zero NFL yeah. snaps. Uh, let's go. Let's flip the first rounder. CJ Stroud. A-plus. Okay, A-plus. This is the the interesting one. Will Anderson. I'm going to go B-minus. Okay.
2: I'm going to go B-minus. I don't, I don't get into, as you know, all the next-level stats and what he could do if he wasn't you know double teamed or you know what he would have done if in the the level of wh- how far he was from making big plays you see it you see the guy can be destructive you see the guy is athletic and he's strong and he's he's got all the tools it's just how long is it going to take to have him put it all together yes we've seen glimpses but the glimpses don't make it an A and and we've seen you know a lot of people point fingers and wonder when we're going to see more That's why I don't think he's a solid B, but I think that we've seen enough in those glimpses to know there is no ceiling right now for Will Anderson and we know he can get better, Yeah, but I want to see more of the
1: second half of the season. Yeah. See the, uh, somebody said it's a disappointed emoji. (laughs) Thank you for doing that. Six, eight, five, six. I'm right there with you. I'll give him a B like he's really good against the run game. Really good against the run game. Uh, the next gen stats. It's great to have that. I I think it shows you his potential, uh, I think the next gin stats show you more about where he's going to be in the future than it does this year. Like the fact that he's winning a bunch of pass rush rates and x sack and sack independent pitching and all this stuff, that shows you what a player is going to be going forward. I I have a hard time thinking that Anderson is going to rack up a bunch of sacks in these last few games because he's a little wild when he gets to the quarterback. Like he's he's not really in control. Um, he's going a little too fast at times. Like, he's winning these pass rushes, but he's not finishing. I think it's going to take him a second, third year in the NFL before he starts getting home on that front. But because all these next-gen stats love him, I do think it speaks to his future, his promise, and he has a lot of room to grow. Pass, like, run game, he's there. Run game, he's really stout. But don't you think, because you, you and I were talking about this the other day,
2: don't you think that as he matures and learns techniques – and things in the league and maybe even the second half of the season. It's not all measured by sacks. He can get tackles for losses. We've seen how he can bat balls down or he can, you know, he can yeah. you get to a ball that he might be able to pick up. He can block field goals. I think that's where the measurables mean more to me in terms of the rest of the season. Understand the the, the pass as, the pass rush aspects a little bit better, but make impact plays for a team that needs impact plays. It doesn't necessarily just have to be quarterback sacks. Tackles for loss, batted balls do the things that you, you're fully capable of doing with all the football skill you have.
1: Yeah, I think it's, I mean, his potential is still really high. Like It's the opposite of Toa Toa to me. Toa like, Toa, I think, is like almost a finished product whereas Will Anderson is just scratching the surface. Uh, tremendous potential. Uh, 713-780-ESPN HRP listener line. 713-780-3776 uh, Joe's not here to make faces today. Josh, are you going to make faces today? Are you going to make any faces I, I can today? I could make a face, or two. Okay. Josh is going to make some faces today. Why, we're making faces as well on this win why the face Wednesday? It's the Killer Bees on ESPN 97 5 and ESPN 92
0: 5. ESPN 97 5 and 92 5. Watch out, door. I will not be murdered wearing a blue and white plastic cone on my
2: head. It's positively undignified. <laughs>